In this episode of The Philly Blunt, we sit down with a legendary Wid. Wid is widely respected as the greatest prop comedian working today. He's been performing and teaching comedy in Philadelphia for more than three decades. His influence on prop comedy and Philly comedians is surpassed by none. Don't forget to follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all as The Philly Blunt. And if you like what we're doing, please rate and review us so other people can find us. Every deal is different, you know, and sometimes... Like, uh, I had, like, this knight in shining armor, okay? And it broke, okay? And I had the joke, hey, we don't have the whole knight here, okay? <laughs> and that's one of my favorite ones because, uh, because uh, I didn't plan for it, but it broke, and the whole knight wasn't there. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Philly Blunt. My name's Johnny Goodtimes. I'm Reef. Hey, man. This is Greg. And uh, I'm Michael Baldwin, known as the legendary Wid. The, the Wid. The man, the myth, the legendary. Honor to have you, sir. That's, I was ahead of my time trying to keep uh, under radar, and that's why I have without ID, okay? And mm. that's what the WID stands for. And I've been a comedian here for 35 years, 40 years. So right. let's let's get back to that name. How did you how did you get the name WID? Uh, it was given to me be- when I was hitchhiking out in California, when you could hitchhike before you know before mm. they would m- mutilate you. <laughs> <laughs> The police picked me up, and uh, you know, and I was like 20 years old, and uh, you know, hitchhiking, and uh, probably, and I was stuck in Needles, California, and uh, they said, "Oh, okay," and they picked me up after two days of trying to get a ride, and the police said, "Oh, you're without ID," and I said, "Yeah, I'm weird," and uh, that's how I got it. <laughs> the name stuck. Yeah, the name stuck, and then. Now, uh, what were you doing hitchhiking around California? Uh, when I. When I turned 21, I wanted to, uh, you know, 20, I wanted to go out and see the world. So I figured that uh, hitchhiking was the best way to do it. So I got to see Texas, Arizona, California, and uh, all places. I, I slept, uh, y- you know, I slept in backyards and, uh, you know, and in a hammock and things like, uh, you know, I was on the road. Yeah. You know, that's when you could hitchhike. You can't hitchhike anymore. Oh, no, no, no. They'll kill you. Yeah, I've been a fan it. of this guy for like 30 years. I never knew his name was Michael. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, uh, you know, you try to keep that way. What's, mm. uh, you know, what's Carrot Top's real name? What's, uh, who gives know? a fuck? Yeah, Asshole. Gets, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. But, uh, do, you, do you think <laughs> that... Scott, Scott Thompson. <laughs> Is that money, fame, or drugs that makes someone get jacked and like mess their face all up? Uh, I guess it's uh, it's money and uh, immaturity, and it's just the way of all flesh, okay? Yeah. And... Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's how it goes today. That's what uh, people have different uh, values uh, uh, out west. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we're in that that world of ultra show business. It's money. Your problems are gone with uh, with that kind of money, and you develop other problems with your money. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, you know, I'm I'm glad I always stayed, uh, you know, moderately incomed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so did you? <laughs> I mean, do you ever think about you know like what might have been if you had been in the '80s and and gotten that carrot top break? Well, you know. I, I kind of think about it. Of course, everybody has fantasies, but then, uh, you know, but then I come back to my reality, and it's, uh, you know, and it's not a bad thing. I, you yeah. know, I've always been healthy, you know, always, uh, I pretty much did what I wanted to do and, right. uh, in the world, and uh, nobody ever, uh, you know, I have you, no change. You're and, happy. 
Yeah, I'm a happy person. There you I've go. always been a happy person. Maybe ignorance is happy, but, uh, yeah. you know. Was there a uh, big groupie scene back in the day with the comedians? Uh, uh, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and uh, especially before the uh, AID crisis, uh, right. you know. And, uh, you know, once that hit, you know, everybody was scared for, for a couple years. And, for a couple <laughs> years? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, really People are still scared, scared now, yeah. man. Yeah. I hope. Yeah, well, people, people keep it a, a, it's a little bit uh, less, uh, you know, uh, stigmatized now, you know, mm-hmm. right, along with everything else, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm a Barbie collector, and right. I don't mind saying that. I'm a straight guy who collects Barbies, right. and, uh, you know. Let's be honest, boxes. Weed. You collect everything. Right. Uh, yeah, 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 you like yeah. yeah, you are a collector. What is yeah. the most thing you have the most collection of? Collected. Uh, well... You see, I I, uh, I used to be an artist. I, mm. I still am an still artist, are. but I'm uh, I used to set up small dioramas using all toys, broken toys, the Boulevard of broken toys, and mm. little things that I have found. Because uh, I had, uh, you know, back in the day, I had two antique stores, so I collected everything, you know, anything that was cool. But then I started going to museums and uh, you know seeing what they had there, and I said I could do this. And uh, so I made little dioramas, and I got to, uh, you know, four or five museums. Awesome. Down in uh, beautiful uh, Baltimore, they have one. It's called the... the Baltimore Museum of uh, Vision, you know, Visionary Art mm. Museum. And for a year, I was there setting up little toys. I had 500 airplanes uh, that, that I had made out of broken toys and hung them up, and mm. uh, you know, and shadow boxes and things like that. So I was doing that before I was a prop comic, mm. and so it was the, the same stuff. You know, it was toys and. Uh, you know, and uh, things that, uh, knickknacks, you know, props, right. you know, my whole life has been props. Junk has been very good to me, <laughs> okay, and, you know, and right now it's, uh, you know, I'm still going strong, and, yeah. you know, and I've been doing it for years. Awesome, man. So we are at Milk Boy on South Street on the corner of 4th and South. Yeah. And yeah. now this place is a place that you used to perform at, I believe, many years ago when it was Lickety Split. When it was lickety split, yes, mm. and uh, Damon D, okay, who was uh, you know a white boy with dreadlocks uh, nice. who, who used to work over at the uh, at the Laugh House with me, a very good guy. He started one upstairs, and uh, you know, and it's a very you know how many seats are up there? It's a bar, and it's like you know mm. eight seats. Mm. So it it was kind of an intimate scene, right. and probably very, a great place to work out material, right? Uh, workout material, and it was a great place to uh, hang out and uh, mm. y- you know, and just have fun because it was such a small place, and uh, it, it was right that we would come here after uh, uh, we would come here after the Laugh House. Uh, Laugh House was right down the street on South Street, but I always loved this place because right across the street you can see where uh, uh, Nikki, uh, who was the mafia guy from Scarfo. Nicky Scarfo had his headquarters right across the street here. Okay. From, uh, from here? From, right uh, where the where the Starbucks is now. That was, <laughs> that was Nicky, where Nicky used to hang guys. That from, says it all about South Philadelphia, Street. That's a Philadelphia story. <laughs> right on, on the third floor. Allegedly. The third floor, allegedly. Uh, not allegedly. On, he used to hang them up and hit them with baseball bats right across the street here. 
of course, right across the street, you can see Jim's Steaks, the right. only place where they let you watch them makes the steaks. You know, they don't yeah. let you watch yeah. it at Pete's and, and Gino's. There's, right. there's something shifty going on. Right, there. right. That's but, true. Uh, That's a great but, point. But here, Jim's, you can watch it, and it's a beautiful thing. It's like something out of the past. Mm. And on the corner, I think maybe where this place is, or maybe right here on 4th and South, Benedict Arnold, remember him? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Benedict Arnold at one time had a little theater here what? where they used to perform Shakespeare plays and little, uh, you know, little vignettes. The Benedict, like the traitor the, guy? The Benedict Arnold. <laughs> he was here for a year when uh, Philadelphia was occupied and down here, and he took off, uh, you know, uh, he, he got caught trading at, uh, uh, up at West Point. But he used to have a, uh, he used to have a theater right here. And uh, I always thought that that was a, this is a great historical. Uh, we, you know, we, got the, we got the birthplace of Larry Fine down the street. Yeah, one block but, away. Yeah, I know one of your the three Stooges are some of your now, heroes, right? Well, of, of, with reverence, I say this. Yes, they, they they've made me everything I am. Okay, mm, mm. I was uh, you, you know I was uh, I was Stooges before the Stooges were cool. Okay, mm. and. Uh, they used to warn you uh, when they showed you, hey, don't do this at home, okay? Mm. Don't poke your brother's yeah. eyes. And, they, <laughs> and we went immediately for the, for the cornea, okay? We, mm. that was, if you didn't get the cornea, you know, that didn't count, you know? We, mm. you, you know, I had a... Uh, I met Larry's sister when they made the... Um, uh, Larry Fine's sister, and she was cutting the ribbon at uh, the mural down here there's a mural on uh, I think 3rd and South yeah right above Johnson. of Larry Fine yeah. yeah of the Three Stooges and the sister looked just like him okay <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying oh, I'm not saying Sa same yeah. hair same okay. hair oh, same hair same no. uh, and, oh, and, terrifying and you know <laughs> She, she didn't talk like him, but, uh, you know, she had a, a Northeast uh, Philadelphia accent. So we're talking Three Stooges, and obviously the Three Stooges come out of the vaudeville circuit. Uh, does prop comedy come out of the vaudeville circuit? Uh, yeah, there were uh, a lot of... Uh, uh, it goes from the beginning, because a lot of people uh, back in the beginning, okay, uh, of... That sort of uh, they uh, they didn't speak any English or they didn't understand English too good. So to show a visual prop was a big thing, and it grew and it grew. And sometimes the props uh, would just be like one joke, like uh, you know, like a, a train that would come over the audience like this, and uh, they would say, "Oh, we're off track," and then it would, a train <laughs> would come, and and it was a life-size train that was all collapsed and, and the theatrical. It's lower comedy, you know. It's you, you, you don't laugh from your head. You don't go, "Ha, huh, that's true," you know. That's, you know, you just go. I, you, when you see me, you go, "I wonder where he bought that." Okay, no, uh, but I use uh, hundreds of props. Okay, hundreds. Okay, uh, because I was in the antique business. I had two antique stores in New Brunswick, New Jersey, and I was in the flea market business. And, uh, you know, and that every day you would take a whole bunch of stuff and people would buy it and then you'd take it back. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's exactly what I do. I go to a club or a, uh, you know, a theater and uh, I bring tons of boxes and I set them up and, uh, you know, I do my little thing and I pack them up and I go again. And that's, uh, you know, why I'm in pretty good shape. So do you see an object and immediately a joke starts I, no, working in your head? Uh, every deal is different, you know, and... Sometimes 
like uh, I had like this knight in shining armor, okay, and <laughs> it broke, okay. And I had the joke, hey, we don't have the whole night here, okay? <laughs> and that's one of my favorite ones because, uh, because uh, I didn't plan for it, but it broke, and the whole night wasn't there. And, uh, and so every time, it's either, you know, you'll look at a prop and, uh, and you'll say, okay, what joke can I do with this? Or you'll look at two props and put them together, or three props and put them together, you know, uh, it's. Uh, I kind of differ from other guys because I don't. I don't make props. I don't like take something and make it into. I mean, that's that. the genius of you compared to like a carrot or whatever. It's so easy to build a prop to fit your joke. Right. But you take an ordinary prop and build jokes around them without altering them at all. It's pure well, genius. And it's just the stuff I found. I I used to sell at flea markets and antique stores. I mean, it's the same thing. I had. Uh, you know, so is, that, so is that so is that how you came into being a comedian? I mean, were you always kind of a punster? And I was always a punster, always a punster, because uh, 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 one of my coaches when I was in uh, in high school, he came up to me one day, and I had a what sport? Me, I would I was cross country. Oh, nice, uh, yeah, nice. So, uh, and he said, uh, "Hey, I know you're doing drugs." <laughs> and, 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 obviously. I felt, and, and obviously, I wasn't doing. You know, I was a, I was a good kid, and but I had a train with a choo-choo tracks on on it on a on a on my shirt. And he goes, "Yeah, I could see your tracks like that." You uh. know, and so from uh. then on, so then on, when I saw him do it, you know, and I heard him do it, I I, I sort of became addicted to him because. Do you, you remember know. his name? Uh, no. Okay. So, a question for both of you, since you're both entertainers. How do you guys know when the crowd is on that on that same wavelength, when the energy of the crowd is matching the show? And, and how do you, you know, like when you, is there a moment during a show where you suddenly feel, okay, now I'm locked in? Well, it's it, that's the reason I keep doing it. It's the most high you can get. Right. When, when you are on fire and the audience is giving you the energy back that you really want and need and, and, and everyone's having a good time and you're having a good time it's just it's you you, you transcend you, you leave your I leave my body I don't know if that's a little too deep but I, I feel like I leave my I feel like it's like it's some spiritual shit man I don't know yeah that's just me does that happen every no, show it's, it's, no 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 those are dime a dozen for sure okay it's you're a different person when you're on stage because you have to be else you'd be you know singing and dancing and telling jokes all the time and that's kind of obnoxious <laughs> you know even even the, even the small bits I get you know it's kind of but uh, yeah you do get a certain kind of uh, zone mm-hmm. that you get into mm-hmm. I guess it, it's the same way with the, you know playing basketball or mm-hmm. uh, you know or 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 or, or binge watching, uh, you know. <laughs> you, something. you know, you get into that zone where you. What do you What do you binge watch? What's your, what are you watching right now? I Wade? watch. Well, I saw. Aside from uh, Antique Roadshow. The Antique Roadshow is the, is the greatest, and of course, American Pickers. Yeah. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah. You know, but I was much more of a collector than I was a. Uh, a seller, and right. That uh, was yeah. an excuse to collect things, right? right. The, 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 the <laughs> antique store. Exactly. But now, the one time I'm, I was down and out. Oh, I was down and out. I was living in. You start know, looking. Ooh, yeah, how, you start how, looking. how far back are we going here? Because uh, we're part going. Of the, this is part of the legend. Fifteen years, and I, I lived on Pashyank Avenue, okay, and I could stick my head out, and I could see both Pats and Genos, okay, okay? And, and and it was 
beat up place, you know. Yeah, but yeah. I, I was staying there rent free because the guy who owned it was an Asian gentleman who bought $3 million worth of real estate down in South Philadelphia uh, 15, 20 years ago and uh, couldn't pay for it. So he uh, went back to uh, wherever he came from. And so <laughs> I was there and for six months, I said, nobody's come to pay to collect the rent. What happened? <laughs> And then it turned into seven years that I stayed in this place. That's you incredible. Know, wow. For seven years. That's with, crazy. With, now, were you saving just in case someone came knocking? Or you're like, fuck that. Every month that goes by. Yeah, like, no, I just, I just moved I was, here. I just got in here two days uh, ago. No matter I, when they came. Well, No, well, uh, you know, I, uh, back then you could pay people to uh, yep. turn on your water, mm. turn on your electricity. You know, especially South Philadelphia, yep. you can turn on the water. Turn and and I had uh, and I Joey had, will handle the water. I, I, I had mean, no food, but I had cable. Yeah. Okay, I was a few. I was a few blocks away from me. I was on Six and Tasker during that 15 years ago. So yeah. it was a very wild time in South Philly. It's changing yeah. a little bit, but oh no, it's gentrified now. You know, yeah. it's you know, it's yeah. no. I can hardly. I was living in a million dollar neighborhood. Uh, when I was uh, over at 23rd and Market, mm-hmm. and I was living in a warehouse, okay? Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's my life. And uh, <laughs> So how did you, when you say you went through hard times, how did you pull out of the hard oh, times? Oh, oh yeah, okay. the story, sorry. So yeah. I'm, uh, I'm in my thing, and eBay first comes in, and a guy down the, down the street, he says, oh, you know. And I remember that eBay started out as a Pez dispenser, site, okay? eBay, a trading site for Pez dispensers. <laughs> so I had a whole bunch of Pez dispensers, and I said, well, I'm going to try to sell these, okay? And I, yeah, uh, well, I comes back, I give them to the guy, it comes back, I had a uh, Jiminy Cricket, we all know Jiminy Cricket from Pinocchio, okay? <laughs> yeah, a sure. Voiced by Ukulele Ike. Yep. And instead of having its traditional green hat, he had a blue hat, and it made it worth $700 back then. Okay, $700. And, you know, and the other ones I got, like, uh, all together for, you know, eight $900. So I, I had a little nest egg back then, you know, and that's the only time that I ever sold anything on eBay, and it was Pez Dispensers. But uh, it, it the it lottery, you, to, you hit the lottery. Basically. Oh yeah, I went, you know, ding, you know. Right. And, but I, I have. Three. It's almost like uh, like like currency and savings to have that stuff because when you need to, you can unload well, some of it. No, well, I'm trying to unload it now because <laughs> I'm in a I'm in a U-Haul and I have three giant warehouses at these U-Hauls. Okay, three, and it's packed with uh, old toys. Props and records, books, you know, mm. <laughs> all these things I've been collecting for years. Mm. And wait, is it hard? To, is it hard to let go of the stuff and sell it? Uh, uh, some things it's hard to let go of. I, you know, I, what's but, a, Would you say you're more of a collector some, or a hoarder? There's something in that. There's something in that I, stash that that's probably worth <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars. I guarantee uh, uh, it. I got the Studio 54 sign. Okay, from See Studio. See what I'm saying? Like, what? Yeah. yeah. I got what? the Studio 54 <laughs> sign. How did that happen? <laughs> I was drinking in uh, New York uh, at a place called the uh, Three Corners or something like that. And uh, Studio 54 is right across the street. And uh, and the sign is there, and it's a big for sale sign on it and stuff. I says, I'm going to go get that iconic sign. So I pull my van around, okay? That's when you could park in New York. 
I pulled my van around and got right in front of it and went up to the marquee and shook the thing loose. But as I took it off, I came so many close, so close to falling into the street on 54th Street and getting myself killed that it's worth $100,000, I think, you know. It's, uh, to me, at least. So wait, so this, so this thing, the the Studio Fifty Four just closed. This is like early '80s, I guess. Yeah. Is when this happened. Yeah, in, in mid '80s. Yeah. So you have this sign. The o- o- original, yeah. I, a couple pieces are missing now, but I got the original sign. <laughs> that's and I, unbelievable. Uh, Hopefully, yeah. the statute of limitations. I mean, has that's that's your retirement right there, right? Dude, I'm telling you. Well, it just so happens that I'm taking that stuff. Right now, I'm getting out of the uh, U-Haul, okay? Okay. And I'm getting a, a place where I can separate uh, the uh, shaft from the wheat, okay, right. and to get in there. Because, yeah, I always had a good eye. But you know what? I never spent money on something like... It's easier to, to buy something big and then sell something like that, or you know that's it. A hoarder will keep things that are unnecessary. Like rotten, rotten eggs in right, a jar. Right, right. Yeah. You don't have rotten eggs in a jar. <laughs> right. That's, that's rule number one when you're in the antique business, to separate the funk from the uh, non-funky, okay? Right. The funk is something that deteriorates or falls apart, and the non-funky is Stuff solid. Good old plastic. There you go. There you go. <laughs> So, uh, so let's 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 talk uh, let's talk some road stories because you have uh, performed with some of the biggest names uh, in the United States. Um, you once opened for Warren Zevon. Twice. Rest uh, in peace. Yeah. Twice I opened for Warren Zevon at the beautiful Bottom Line. Remember the Bottom Line in New York? A legendary place where everybody played. It was uh, where Patti Smith and Bruce Springsteen came to light and uh, all this stuff. It was oh, wow. the, uh, the iconic place to be in New York City uh, for a band, okay? And I opened there for Donovan. Remember Donovan? Sure. Yeah. Mellow Yellow. Mellow Yellow. I smoked Season the, of the Witch. I sm- Season of the Witch. I, the, I used to smoke bananas with them. Uh, no, I actually... <laughs> I, did you really get high with Donovan? I got high with Donovan and gave him a ride back to his hotel in my uh, Chevy Astro with all the props in there. And he, and he was doing LSD at the time. And he said, he goes, man, I love this stuff. And then, you know. And He's he just great. mad about Saffron. And then, and then I saw him at Tower Records, and uh, he asked me, uh, hey, man, you got a joint? And I said, okay, I'll go get one. Okay, so <laughs> it was so much fun to smoke a joint with, uh, 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 can I say that? Yeah, yeah. sure. Oh, this is, this is the, the blunt. blunt. We're high yeah. right now. Yeah. We're yeah. high right now. Yeah, yeah I got high before uh, we start. Well, I, yeah, we're I, high right now, bro. I smoked half a blunt the other day. I got so hungry, I ate the other half. Okay. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's an updated uh, sort of thing. That's but what's up. Warren C. Vine, yes, I opened for him twice, and he was uh, a very cool guy. How do you feel about the way the, the comedians are treated now in this PC culture? Because it feels like people are offended about everything. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm on the side of right, but I, I, I can see sometimes where people are like, well, I'm like, come on, man. It's a fucking joke. Right. Uh, yeah. And that's, uh, th- that's the way it's going to be from now on because people uh, can communicate with each other mm. uh, and they can find something against their group. Okay. Yeah. And... 
everybody is, uh, it all happened at once. Yeah. I mean, you know, everybody wants their, uh, their equality and rights and respect all at the same time, and that's because of the technology that everybody can communicate with each other and mm. find like-minded people and saying, you know, we have 10 people who are offended by this, so <laughs> let's go and make a, a big deal out of yeah. it. It's, it's, has, it, has, it changed your, has it changed your act? Uh, my stuff is more semantics and wordplay, and so it was semantics. never... Semantics, I love that word so yeah. much. <laughs> and it was more... It was more fun. So I had to, you know, I had a, a couple of things, but I, I still get away with pretty much because, you know, I say, why'd the Mexican guy shoot his wife? Tequila, okay? And, and you see, that's, that's just, that's just wordplay. That's not saying anything. Uh, you know, uh, why, do the, uh, why do the Jewish bees wear yarmulkes? Why? Because they don't want to be mistaken for wasps, okay? <laughs> Which, and that's, you know, that's a Mexican and a Jewish joke that you can get away with. Right. That is just a man. And it's for not, now. It's for not, now you can get now. away with it. For, for now. now. Right. And if, and if somebody now. comes up to me and says, and it's only happened like two or three times in my, I that's swear. That's incredible. It's only happened that two or three great. times that's that people joke. come up to me and go, oh, you know, I was really offended by it. <laughs> And that's the girls. Okay. No, I was really uh, uh, offended by. I says, well, why aren't you offended by the other jokes that were just as scathing to somebody else? And you come up here and you complain about your little thing. I said, that's impossible. Okay. Right. Next time I make a uh, next time I make a dumb joke, it's yeah. going to be about you. Well, that's okay. the thing. It's like you can't you can't keep just be offended because you were offended. Like, what if I said something offensive about somebody else? Like, you should be offended by it, by it all, right? Right. Or you're being uh, yeah. a fucking hypocrite. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, exactly. And I never wanted to be that edgy. You know, like being edgy is like you're going to insult somebody. You you know what I mean? Being edgy, you're going to insult somebody. You're going to insult yourself by saying that, by saying certain things that you wouldn't say in front of your mom, you know, or you know. And I, I, edgy comics, uh, a lot of them uh, are having a hard time now. Uh, so some other performances from the '80s. I know you worked. Uh, you did the Weird Al show. Weird Al show. Yeah, I uh, I I did for four years. I did the. Uh, Make Me Laugh show, okay? Make Me Laugh. Uh, and I did two uh, specials for, uh, uh, with Jonathan Winters, and uh, he was very, uh, very nice and uh, always, uh, you know, always joking, and he didn't like Robin Williams, okay? Really? Oh, they, were on, they were on Mork and Mindy together, right? They were on Mork and Mindy. He goes... But he, uh, he says, I can't stand him. He's always he's doing me. He's me. You know, he's like, you know. That. And then he would come back and, you know. and But I was able to talk to Jonathan. Weren't they, they were both a little off, right? I think so. I, I mean, but when Jonathan Winter, uh, when Robin Williams came to uh, one of the tapings, uh, Jonathan Winters is, you know, he's like talking like the, out of the side of his mouth, going, I can't stand him. And then Robin comes in and goes, oh, Robin, like this, like all gushing over him and everything. And everybody who was standing around him was, uh, you know, just knew that uh, that's how he felt, like, you know, in a different way. And he was just, uh, he was like condescending. And it was so weird to see that, uh, you know, Jonathan, you know, you think that they're going to be, you know, great buddies and stuff like that. But it was, uh, you know, you could tell there was tension and, uh, you know, 
a lot of stillness, uh, you know, in the conversations. You opened for Robin Williams. Uh, well, he used my props a couple of times when I was in Los Angeles. When he would come on after me and they would be up on the stage and everything. And he would come in and go... And he once told Steve Young, Steve Young, my good friend, uh, who used to own the uh, Comedy Works, when Robin Williams, uh, uh, he would use my stuff, and he would, it, it, he once said, now I found somebody who's crazier than me, and he looked at me. <laughs> so that was always a compliment. I, I, I did use that in my publicity at one time. All right, are we ready to uh, yeah, we should. roll through it? Yep. yep. All right, so we're going to go through the Philly Blunt. We're just going to shoot you rapid-fire questions. Uh, give us rapid-fire Hey, answers. guys, you know, this has been a very uh, nice experience yeah, for man, me. Yeah, this is and awesome if, for me. And man. if I fail this test here, okay. Yeah, yeah, now, now, whatever, now it gets whatever, serious. Whatever, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I could take for a, the fun. Go can I take fun. a ahead, one? Go ahead, Johnny. Okay. All right. uh, most underrated film of all time. I know you're a big film buff. Give us an underrated film. Uh, I'm going to say Mars Attacks, okay? Uh, Mars Attacks, uh, I think that is an underrated film. It's uh, very funny and uh, actually scary at points. And uh, it shows the attitude that the Martians have. I mean, it's it, not the greatest film, but it's pretty underrated. Okay, Greg? Uh, you're on the Mount Rushmore of Philly comedians. Who are the other three? Uh, who are the other three? Chip Ch Chantry, after that... John uh, Kensel uh, and Todd Glass, okay? Nice, nice. I had to say John and Chip because I know him, and Todd Glass is out there, and he came out of the closet, so he's a big thing now. Okay. Favorite city to play besides Philly? Uh, Doylestown. Nice. Shout out to the D. Yeah, I Shout went to the, to the uh, D. No, I'll, I'll say Atlantic City because uh, Atlantic City you can always go to the ocean, and I, I love it down Atlantic yeah. City. Uh, what's your favorite board game? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How old was the weird when he lost his virginity? Fourteen. Comedian that everyone thinks is funny that you think is shit. Carrot top. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. No, I didn't mean that, Scott. Uh, George Burns. I, I, you know. Man, what a and Gallagher. Man. Gallagher. Um, all right. Who was somebody that uh, you've worked with that most people like, but they don't know that they're actually kind of an asshole? Jay Leno. Okay. He seems like it. I've I've heard yeah. nothing but yeah. asshole stories uh, uh, about him. Uh, he was very mean to uh, uh, to other comics. You know, like all these comics were like real nice to see him. Uh, this was over at the old days, over at the Middle East restaurant when it was upstairs, uh, the Comedy Works, and he was uh, playing there. And a lot of uh, comedians wanted to meet him, and he was very mean and condescending to a lot of really nice guys. Okay, and. I saw him uh, backstage a couple of times being mean to, like, indiscriminate people or something like that. I guess that's, you know, how you get to the top and get all those cars. Uh, I ask this every week. Uh, give me something beautiful about Philadelphia. Uh, the heartbeat, okay? Because it's always something doing in Philadelphia, okay? It's got a good heartbeat, and it's uh, and always something. The same acts that go to New York, they'll pass through here. This, uh, without as much, uh, you know, it's it's the beat of the city. It, 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 
it's a little less than New York, but I kind of want that. Okay, I always kind of wanted Me that. Me too. You know, yeah. and it's a little more than Baltimore. So, so give me my give me my give me my slowed down Philly any day over New York any day okay. any day. And the Mutter Museum, yes, okay, yes. is something that is uh, very beautiful, and everybody should go see yeah. that. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah. You know they have uh, yin and uh, they have uh, the original Siamese twins uh, yeah. skeletons there. Okay, yeah. and so no. this is my last one because I have to catch the bus like a true Philadelphian. Oh my god, Are we would have been on time. <laughs> except, uh, Are you doing this to the day you die, or is, the, or is there an exit plan? You know, I th- I thought about uh, you know. Getting out of it, but once it's in your blood, it's it's in your blood, and I'll sure. I'll be doing it, you know, and uh, I'll be making uh, depends jokes and uh, <laughs> you know, My man. and things, and even if I have Alzheimer's, uh, you know, I I'll still have an audience because uh, you know I'm unforgettable. Yeah, no. I love it. Yeah, no, I think that yeah, it's it's fun to go on to the end because I I play old old folks' homes and stuff and. I'm sort of an old soul, uh, you know, even when I was a kid, I was an old soul, so I, I sort of, uh, I'm not fearing the, the future, but, uh, you know, I'm sort of got to embrace it. Yeah. All right, last one I have, uh, it would be, uh, I, Pat Oswald tweeted about how you're a legend. Dennis Miller recently talked about how you're a legend. What, what is it about the legendary WID that has kept you so that you're, you're in some ways a comedian, every young comedian in Philly has a legendary wid story. Everyone wants you to see their act. Why is it that you are, I mean, you, you have lived up to that legendary moniker. Every comedian in Philly loves you. Why do you think that is? I think I, I come from a big family. So I kind of introduce people to other people who will do them good or, or are doing the same thing that they're doing. That was one of my main functions at the Laugh House was to assimil- make uh, the, these comics assimilate into the world of comedy you, you know people see it in a certain way and uh it, you know and it looks unattainable but i, I showed them uh you know that it, it's attainable i mean if if i can do it anybody can do it <laughs> and i i sort of always pass that along even back in my uh, in my beginning days because a lot of times the uh you know i had more of a a world view and a uh you know a family view and I would I would treat it like that, and I think you know, I think I was able to uh, you know, I, I was successful at doing that. I know that because a lot of people went on to do bigger and better things, and I knew them from the beginning when they first came in, all doe-eyed and going, oh, I'm going to tell jokes, you know, and but that's still, how everybody still, is. Legacy is all about how people remember what you did for them, and I'm sure people remember. You seem like a great guy, man, for sure. What? I'm trying it out, brother. Right. You know, Let me just get a natural reaction to this, Wid. All right, this is a national publication, BroBible.com, and uh, they give the most overrated comedians of all time. And they say number nine is Carrot Top. Almost all the comedians on this list have, at the minimum, some sort of funny to them. Carrot Top, not so much. This jackass flaunts on stage with pre-made props that are about as funny as the Holocaust. P.S. You want to see a real prop comedian? Philly's own The Legendary Wid has been getting it done with normal props and real jokes for decades. Check him out. How does that feel when you hear that? Well, you know, I always kind of feel good about what I do. I 
uh, I'm not one to count my, uh, uh, you know, my accolades. I want to, uh, I want to go on to the future sometime, and uh, that's why I'm in a, a, a rock and roll band now <laughs> called the Roddenberries, and we do Star Trek centric. Was that with Scott songs. Johnson? With Scott Johnson, yes, and uh, uh, two of the Tyune boys, and. Uh, uh, just an array of people who play for Martha Graham Cracker and, uh, you know, who are very good musicians, and they let me sing, nice. okay? And I think that's kind of, uh, you know, kind of what, like, it's just icing on the cake for me because, you know, I've, I never got to sing when I was, uh, you know, being a comedian. All comedians want to sing and all singers want to be comedians. Can I tell you? They're both equally bad at both. I mean, if you're a double threat, then that's uh, that's something great. But all right, well, thanks, Wid. We've uh, loved having you on the show. Check yeah, out the legendary great, guys. Wid, can Wid, I tell you? You are the best, man. I've been right. following you since. I think you were in prison back in the day, man. Yeah. Well, I put that behind me right now because yeah. uh, you know, prism uh, is uh, that shows you're really old. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, you know. I just say NBC, okay, CBS. Yeah, yeah you know, you're just the best, and, man. And just that. Shout out to Milk Boy, too, for having yeah, us Milk here. Milk Boy South. Uh, oh, Milk Boy is, yes, and it used to be Lickety Split, folks, but uh, I guess they Lickety Split. <laughs> but uh, they, they were on Bar Rescue, remember? Yeah, yeah, Lickety yeah. Split? Yeah, and... Uh, How'd that work out? I guess not. <laughs> okay. Now Milk Boy South. Yeah. That's how yeah. it worked yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. Let's go get high, with. Okay. <laughs> I, I will do that. Okay, okay. sweet. <laughs> All right, thanks so much. Hey, thank you, everybody. Just the sound of Philadelphia. Yo, yo, welcome to the home of brotherly love. Brothers covered in blood. The man's office is covered in bugs. The youth dreams cut short.